Good morning. Welcome to Breath of Life Wellness and Yoga, where we encourage a strong spirit, a peaceful soul, and a healthy body. We will begin in five minutes. Please ping somebody in the room or share the room. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. We'll begin in four minutes.
again, welcome to Breath of Life Wellness and Yoga, where we encourage a strong spirit, a peaceful soul, and a healthy body. Give me one moment while I share the room. And um, if you are listening to the replay, please be sure to share as well. All right. Breath of Life Wellness and Yoga exists as a 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization to promote the health and wellness um, of everyone, but primarily the disenfranchised communities and BIPOC. Uh, we endeavor to encourage wellness and healthy living in many different areas, including spiritual development, soul nourishment, nutrition, and finance. Again, thanks so much for joining me today. And if you're listening to the replay, thanks for listening to the replay. This room is open every Saturday at 9 a.m., Eastern Standard Time. The structure of true yoga or the eight limbs um, is our focus, and that is a system connecting the spirit, soul, and body by empowering an individual in a non-religious way to achieve optimum health. Um, we are today, we're going to talk about spiritual fitness and go back into the classic, the yamas and niyamas, where we'll be looking at courage in the face of fear. I want to um, reiterate a quote from my mentor, Jenny Lee, who says yoga is not a religion. It's a philosophy and a spiritual science. And so you, if you are interested in yoga, you may know that there are many different forms of yoga and some people just um, may have a prejudice, what I call a prejudice, um, because what a prejudice is, is prejudging a thing without actually going into it and finding out you know what it, it really is. You just take it for what, it's, what it says and you just apply it. Well, that's ignorance. And when you um, when you're dealing with yoga, I can understand why people would do that because there are many different branches. But the kind that breath of life concentrates on, our focus is not yoga as a religion, but as a spiritual science. Um, I found a quote on, um, or not a quote, but an article, really great article on spiritual fitness. And oddly enough, it was on the United States Military Health System site. And I found it really, really informative um, where you can find this and many different um, things on the site is www.health.mil. That's www.health.mil. So they write this. Spiritual fitness is the belief and practices 
that strengthen your connectedness with sources of hope, meaning, and purpose. Spiritual fitness is critical to developing overall wellness. Spirituality can be very personal, and spiritual fitness relates to our ability to develop core beliefs, highest principles, and ultimate values, and if we can live our life accordingly. This framework doesn't seek to identify right beliefs, but ask each individual to assess how they are living up to their own standards. That is key. And we're going to come back to that in a moment and see if that brings them fulfillment. Powerful. When our spiritual fitness is misaligned, it can manifest our overall wellness, impacting mental health, social interactions, and family relationships. Spiritual fitness for service members extends to commitment to service and sacrifice our, our relationships with family, comrades, unit, community, the nation, and society as a whole. And again, hats off to uh, our military men and women who serve, um, who have served uh, since the military has been in existence to help us here in the United States to have our freedom that we have. Spiritual fitness also extends to our willingness to learn from others and accept alternative viewpoints. Do we view the world with curiosity and how do we perceive people different from ourselves? Come on, different. Experiences and viewpoints opens us up to new relationships and opportunities for growth. Mindfulness is another aspect of spiritual fitness that can pay, a t pay dividends across many areas of physical, psychological, and social fitness. So there, that was so impactful. I read that and I thought, wow, I want to read that for anyone who might want to come into the room or anyone who might um, listen to the replay. So I want to read, reread that and just talk about that just for a moment. The framework doesn't seek to identify right beliefs, but ask each individual to assess how they are living up to their own standards and see if that brings them fulfillment. So when I read that immediately, let's break these words down, these phrases down. What the um, website, what the article is saying is not that you come and fall in line to someone else's belief. Say la that. Think about that. Not that you fall in line to someone else's belief. But that you think about what your own standard is to be. And I love this. Does this bring you fulfillment? Which is another reason why I picked the um, eight limb path um, to teach a non-religious way for us to have fulfillment. It is just one way. Um, but the thing I love about it is that 
it's it's thousands of years old and also it's a system it's a very very good system and it's across it doesn't matter where you come from what walk of life you have what religious background you have or no religion at all everyone can relate to nonviolence or they should be able to everyone can relate to what's one of the other ones give me a second truthfulness not stealing not having a, i can't wait till we get to brahmacharya which is non-excess non-possessiveness satya or um purity santosha contentment tapas self-discipline Excuse me. And Svatdeya, self-study, and uh, Ishvara Pranadana, surrender. We can all relate, or you should be able to. And in fact, you know, as I say that, when we begin to actually do this thing, then we're able to relate to each other. It can be really difficult for people. So, and sometimes as a minister, religious people can be the hardest people to come to a common ground. And on that note, I want people to think, you know, um, balance. And I want them to think being human, you know, being human, not religion, not now definitely as a, as a believer, scriptures dominate my life, but because they so dominate my life in a real practical way, I am able to be open to see other people's point of view and listen to them without and listening and learning without judgment. Realizing that this fits them best. So I want to encourage you to maybe go back and um, read it. Um, read the um, article. A very, very good article on spiritual fitness. Um, I will probably be coming back to it often. And using it in some way to help us better understand what this walk is like. Um, they, uh, whoever did that, did an amazing job on coming up with the definition of it. It was very beautiful. So I also want to take a moment before we go into the yamas and niyamas to encourage you to create your own standard and philosophy for life. And then ask yourself, is the standard bringing me fulfillment? Is this bringing me fulfillment? If it is, then great. If it isn't, you might need to tweak something. But only you can decide that. So a philosophy is the study of a fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence. 
especially when considered as an academic discipline. And here we're talking again about a personal philosophy, a, a mission statement, if you will, or a standard that you live by. That you live by. And all of us can use um, a better standard to live by. So, about the yamas and niyamas, again, as I said last week, um, this is a this is the foundation for the eight path, eight limbs, um, and they help us to take a good look at ourselves first, um, and then attempt to change our world from the inside out. Our lives are better when we analyze our own lives first when we analyze our own thoughts first our own actions first our homes are better we become a light to others it's almost like we carry something like an answer to a problem by being that light in somebody's dark place we become better people overall so yamas means restraint and the definition of restraint is a measure or condition that keeps someone or something under control or within limits. An emotional, dispassionate, or moderate behavior or self-control. That is one of the reasons why I am so glad that I picked this. Because that is basic. It is foundational. That we learn how to restrain ourselves, have more control over ourselves. Um, yeah, have control over ourselves. And then um, niyamas means observances, and the definition for observance is, is the action of, or practice of fulfilling or respecting the requirements of law, morality, or, or a ritual. And I love this uh, definition that I found, a customary practice or ceremony. I love that because it reiterates our need for a daily practice. Not just in the asanas of what people call yoga, but the entire system of yoga needs to be practiced every day. And again, the yamas and niyamas are the beginning that help us form our character on a foundational and fundamental level. So now let's go into... Um, the Yamas and Niyamas by Deborah Adele. Um, and uh, so I'm on page 22 at the bottom, and I may have read this, but I'm going to read two paragraphs, and then just kind of we're going to talk about those paragraphs for a short moment. She says, finding our courage, we only have to look around us to see that fear abounds. It abounds in cowardly faces that turn away in violent acts, in walls of protection, in bins of possessions, in numerous unkind words and gestures. In an abundant world, hoarders take more than their share, leaving others lacking. Wars are started and fought 
to seize the goods and keep the power. All around the world, children's innocence is destroyed by abuse and horror. If we look closely, we can trace all these acts of greed, control, and insecurity back to their root, which is fear. Fear creates violence. If you're if you are to begin to address these fears, we need to know the difference between the fears that keep us alive and the fears that keep us from living. So good. The first kind of fear is instinct instinctual and built in us for survival. The second kind of fear um, is the unfamiliar. The unfamiliar can become an abundant place of our exploration once we realize this fear lives only in our imagination. It is only our minds that have, have created the turmoil in our gut and kept us hostage to the possibility of our own lives. And so she goes on to tell us that we need courage. We need courage in order to not be fearful. Um, we need courage in order to face what's in us. You know, it can take, you know, a lifetime up until our lifetime, you know, up until we've lived, you know, whatever age we are, we've had all of these different things that have been a part of us, maybe our whole life. So it takes courage to come down off of, you know, that um, philosophy of life, that living that somebody may have created and then you adopted only to find out that that doesn't fit your life today. The definition of courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. Uh, strength in the face of pain or grief. So I love that. It's basically saying it doesn't mean that you, you are not afraid. It means that um, you do it in the face of it. No matter how or what the situation is, you taking courage and applying courage helps you get it done. Courage helps you get it done. Courage to be kind to ourselves. We need courage to place boundaries. I mean, man, we, we need courage to even think. It's kind of a bold move if you've never had boundaries. And then all of a sudden you begin to put boundaries on your life. We're talking about courage. If we treat people the way we feel about ourselves and then we wonder why does a person act in the way that they do this is why in order to change we need courage so this week what i want to encourage you to do when you listen to this um room when you listen to this i want to encourage you to begin to be aware of how you feel about yourself. And maybe it's been someone else who's made you to feel that way. Acknowledge that. Maybe begin journaling if you don't journal already. Maybe it's somebody else, including, you know, we, we adopt standards. We adopt 
uh, actions and we definitely adopt or can adopt someone else's feelings about us upon ourselves. So before you know it, or maybe you're not aware of it, because it could be since childhood, someone else has has had this feeling, and I'm mainly talking about you know negative feelings and and I'm learning even even positive feelings themselves sometimes people can think too much of themselves and be hard to live with so I I'm 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 talking about a balance here so this week you know think about how you feel about yourself and think about you know, what you want your life to look like. Remember as you go into it that you need courage. You're going to need courage. We're going to talk more about that. Um, we're going to talk more about that in the in next in next week. Thank you so much for listening. Again, make sure that you share the room. And um, I will see you next time or listen to, you'll be able to listen to this next week. Um, this is a weekly room. This is a weekly podcast that happens every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you and remember to have courage.